Good morning, church. What an exciting morning it is for us. We woke up with some snow. That was fun. And, but then we also woke up with a, a purpose, and that was to come to worship and to worship our God. And we're glad that you're here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We are thankful that you uh, put God in, in your heart uh, and you remembered him today. Today's a special day. You know that. Today we're going to collect uh, monies for uh, feeding as many as we can uh, around the world. There are boxes, special boxes in the back, tethered to the wall. Um, they're near the rocking chair on the right and on the left side. They need a coat rack, and I'll explain more about that in just a moment. Let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious and kind Heavenly Father, you are so merciful and wonderful and magnificent and and we thank you so very much for allowing us to be here safely we're thankful Lord God for uh, your blessing upon us for strengthening our hearts and and blessing our minds for keeping us Lord God for this very hour that we're able today to worship you if it uh, Lord God is the end of the world that this is our last time to worship you and if not we thank you for this day to worship you what an what an amazing thought that we have in our purpose and service to you well, God, this morning we ask you to bless uh, a special uh, collection that will be made or offering. We pray for those that uh, gave and those that uh, have the desire to give but have it not. We pray for those who will give. And we just ask, Lord God, that you'll bless our efforts uh, throughout the world. And we thank you for your mercy. Please bless us through our worship to keep our minds focused and fixated on you. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee if it be thy will. Amen. So there's, there's not going to be a special collection. The wall, the uh, boxes are in the rear. We ask you to freely, uh, as you have the opportunity, deposit your uh, love gift to those um, in need. Uh, stick it in the box. The money will be collected and we'll, we'll let you know how much we collected. We'll uh, keep you informed as to where the monies are going to go and just we'll make sure you're in the loop. So thank you in advance for your generous and kind hearts. Now, let me tell you one more thing. Uh, this, I'm not going to tell you how to do this because you've done it before, uh, feeding the homeless in, uh, in Alaska. There are, there's food out there, food tables are set up, and if you'll make the line again, and we'll just, just one item per, uh, one, yeah, one item uh, per selection out there, and put them in the boxes, we were, or in the bags, rather. We would appreciate your help. I think the last time we did that, it took us 20 minutes with everyone's help, and uh, that was wonderful. So thank you in advance for that as well. Today's all about a free will offering. When you're thinking about a free will offering, there are, there are lots of things to think about. Uh, it's, a, it's a deep uh, reflection of, of, of God's love that's within our hearts. And it becomes even a testament to His grace that He's shown to us. And then we, in turn, are showing grace to those who have a need. I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because when we turn to 2 Corinthians 9 in just a moment, it's all about the heart thing, right? And it's all about doing things uh, without doing them grudgingly. Uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move, remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but 
do not have love, it profits me nothing. I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 because that's a love chapter. It's a, it's a chapter that actually fits in, in what we're talking about today. It's a free will offering being given to the poor saints at Jerusalem. I want to grab a couple of thoughts out of this and then I want to uh, really actually get into the lesson points that I want to make this morning. Verse 7 says, Let each one of you do just as he has prospered in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. Today I, I pray that uh, before you put anything in the box in the rear, uh, do it cheerfully. And we're not asking you to, to do anything that's not going to make you happy. Uh, and we're not, you know, we're not trying to guilt anyone. I wanted to say that. I, want, I think that's important. Please don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. If you, uh, we're not talking about an amount of money. Obviously, the more the merrier. But we're talking about what's in your heart. We're talking about what brings you joy to God. I think about scriptures like Matthew 5 and verse 7, where, where Jesus himself says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And what, what, an, amazing, what an amazing blessing from our Lord. But, but in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, he says, Now I say this, he who sows sparingly. Here comes this law that God has set in an order from the Old Testament into the New Testament about sowing and reaping. And he says, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. There's this, this blessing that God says that he's going to place upon anything that we do. So from the, from the very little to the, to the large amount, whatever it may be, all of what we give is a blessing from the Lord. It's a blessing from the Lord. It's a blessing from you to help those who are in need. When we think of little or much, God is not looking at it in that way today. God is looking at our hearts. Right? Second Corinthians chapter 8 and, and verse 9. I've already mentioned Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. But in verse 8, listen to what God says about this law of sowing and reaping. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Now this morning, as we, as we read and we, we hear you pronoun. Think about this morning. God is talking to you. I mean, I know, we know. Every time you read the Bible, God is talking to us. But this morning, as we're thinking about this offering and giving, God is talking to you. And God is reminding you, reminding us that he's able to make all grace abound to us, to you. That always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. I think I heard the the greatest commentary from a preacher on verse 8 was, you can't outgive God. And I thought, oh, that's a good one, right? And then verse 9, it says, as it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness abides forever. God has given to the poor and blessed the poor. And church, this morning in particular, He's using you. You're God's vessel. I mean, I'm excited. I was just so excited this morning. I couldn't wait to get up here to preach to you and, and get here this morning to worship. I was so excited to say, what an honor to stand before you. What a gift. And as our dear brother made those beautiful boxes in the back, collection boxes, and, and I asked the question. I won't say his name. So, But anyway, I asked the question, hey, how much can we pay for the wood? Can we? He said, put it in the box. God is using you us 
the Old Testament. I'm going to Deuteronomy chapter 15. There's this concept of a free will offering to feed the hungry and, and to care for the less fortunate. And it was an essential part, if you will, of, of, the, of what made Israel Israel as they were supposed to be lights to a world. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But these offerings were, were filled with individuals full like, like you today of compassion right? and, and mercy. And when we give to those in need, we're extending, think about this for a moment, we are extending the hand of the Almighty. And, and we literally, you've heard this before, before in sermons, I know, we become the hands and feet of Jesus. Right? Literally. Right? It's exciting. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 7, if there's a poor man with you, one of your brothers in any of your towns in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor close your hand from your poor brother. But you shall freely open your hand to him and shall generously lend him sufficient for his need in whatever he likes. Beware, lest there is a base thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of remission, is near, and your eyes hostile toward your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he may cry to the Lord against you, and it will be a sin in you. And you shall generously give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all of your undertakings. For the poor you will never cease to be in the land. Therefore I command you, saying, you shall freely open your hand to your brother, to your needy and poor in your land. So here God turns it into a commandment. But then there's also this free will offering. They were supposed to be a light. Isaiah 49. A light to the world. The world should be able to look at Israel and see God. Sadly, that wasn't always the case. In fact, most of the time it wasn't the case. God sent them prophets over and over again. We've read about it. We've, we understand it. We, we know it. God asks us to be the light. In Isaiah 49 in verse 5, and now says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him in order that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength. He says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and its Holy One, to the despised one, to the one aboard by the nations, to the servant rulers. The king shall see and arise. Princes shall also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. So here's the message in a prophetic way. It comes about Jesus in particular and then, and then it has this particular application here. But Jesus says something else to us in Matthew chapter 5 regarding Christianity. 
And Christians are also, like Israel was supposed to be, Christians are supposed to be the light to a lost and dying world in church. That's what you are. Isn't that great? Verse 14 of Matthew 5, Jesus said, you, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under the peck measure, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Here's one of the things that I've been able to see. I've been able to see uh, the faces of people uh, when they receive these kinds of blessings. And, and the words they spoke have spoken and, and the rejoicing that's on their heart and the celebration over just, over just a small piece of bread, if you will, food of some sort. And today, when we collect our offering, that's exactly what's going to happen. You are going to put an amazing smile on the faces of some children and, and some, some parents and folks that are just in need. And they're going to praise God for you. And they're going to thank God for you. And they're going to pray to God for you. And they're going to pray about you. I've seen it, church. I've seen it time and time again. And even, even this uh, gift out here that we're going to be uh, assembling in, together and giving out to the poor in our community. I've seen it in our community as well. The blessings that you're bringing to people. I need you to recognize how, how bountiful and how amazing and how blessed this really is. For us, it's just, it might be just a, a small drop in the bucket. But I'm telling you, you're going to change lives. You're going to make people's hearts soft. And the gospel is going to be proclaimed because of you. That's the joy of being a light to the world. To be able to demonstrate to the world a great faith that we have in God. And God is proud of us. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm excited about that. God is proud of you. You have become, you're Abigail. I'm going to Acts chapter 9. Who through wisdom, she fed David and his mighty men. You're, you're like the Dorcas that is spoken of in Acts chapter 9 and, and verse 36. Where the Bible speaks of her and says, Now in Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding in, with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. You know what you remind me of this morning? Luke chapter 10. I think of Luke chapter 10, and I put this lesson together, and, you, and you, we, we think about all the things we've heard about helping the poor and giving to the poor and what God expects of us and what God wants us to do. You remind me of the guy, you know, the guy was beaten down and he was left for dead, and there was another man who came by. He's called the Good Samaritan. And he helped him. And in, in Luke chapter 10, in verse 30, the Bible speaks of this man. And it says it in this way. Then Jesus replied and said, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him. And went off leaving him half dead. And a priest came by. And a, and a Levite came. They left the man there. And in verse 33 though, here's what you're doing. But a certain Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds and pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast, and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii 
and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. You remind me of that. And then, and then in Mark chapter 8, in Mark chapter 8, how can we ever think about, about compassion without thinking about God himself, right? A God who's full of compassion. And what you're demonstrating this morning is a heart of mercy and compassion like Jesus. Mark chapter 8, verse 1. In those days again, when there was a great multitude and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the multitude because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I remember sitting across a, a lady. She had a baby on her front, a lady in a, in a baby she was bringing, and she had one on her back. And I asked the question, how long did it take for you to get here? She said, three days. And I asked her, when's the last time you ate? And she said, three days ago. I get that. I get that verse. And, and, and thank God that, that she was fed and her family and, and, and beautiful things happened. But this is what you're doing, church. You're helping people that literally, it's not that they're, they're lazy or do not have the opportunity for food in the sense of being able to go and get it. It's just not there. But you're fixing that. You're providing that. And if I send them away, Jesus says, hungry to their home, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from a, a distance, a long ways off. Compassion. Luke chapter 14 is another verse that comes to, the, to my mind as I was thinking about just what you're doing as a congregation and the great love that you have for humanity. There's this passage that we read it, and, and let's read it first. In verse 12, the Bible says, And he also went on to say to the one who has invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives, your rich neighbors. Lest they also invite you in return, and repayment come to you. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And so I looked at that passage and I said, wow, this congregation has prepared a feast for the poor, for the lame, for the crippled, for those who do not have the means to repay us. Think about what God is saying to you, church. Luke 16. There was another problem with the poor man. In verse 19, and there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, gaily living, gaily living in splendor every day. And a, and a certain poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. And the story, the text goes on and on. You've, you're feeding the poor man at the gate, church. You're feeding the poor man, the poor man at the gate. This morning, I'm, I'm proud to stand before you as your brother, as always, but this morning in particular, just I'm excited to be here this morning. Thanks to your generosity, I'm going to Luke chapter 6. We have brought sustenance and hope to someone. Free will offerings are powerful 
because they are an expression of our love and our concern for the hungry, for the less fortunate. Sometimes we forget that you don't have to leave Alaska to find the hungry. They demonstrate the importance of helping others without expecting anything in return. That's key, right? That's what Jesus was talking about. Without expecting anything in return. And this is what you know. The money will go out. And you're just praying, and that's what we need is your prayers. That you're going to help people. You know, there's a problem. We, we, we can't send money to certain places. Although it's necessary. It's needed. But, but the problem is when you send the money, you send the food. You know, like Haiti, for example. You know, the gangs are going to come and take the food. Right? So we're going to be wise in what we're doing and trying to get money to certain places and food to certain places. What a terrible world we're living in. What a terrible place. But you see that. And I thank God for your gift. In verse 34 of Luke chapter 6. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Heavenly Father is merciful. What is, the, what is the ultimate goal? I'm going to Proverbs chapter 19. The ultimate goal is saving souls, right? Because here's the, the sad part, but we know we only can do what we can do. Some folks are going to be fed for some time, but then in time they'll be hungry again. So we're looking for the brethren in those areas to reach out, right? They're going to be able to take the gospel message just simply because they gave some food. And they have a little bit of leverage, if you will, open, softened, and warm hearts for people to listen to Jesus. That's the ultimate goal, saving souls. Because in heaven, no one will be hungry. What a gift. This morning, I wanted to just take, take a special sermon to thank you, to remind you of, of truly the specialness, the uniqueness, and the gravity of what you're doing with this Jerusalem project, and that when you place your money in those boxes in the back, put a smile on your face because you've done an amazing deed for those who have it not. And how could I end the sermon without going back to what I've read? This is for the fourth time, Proverbs 19. I can't get away from it. In verse 17, I just want to remind you, he who is gracious to a poor man Lends to the Lord. And you know, I, I kind of realize why that's in there. It's also in there to encourage us, right? But it's also in there to remind us that God says, don't worry about it. I've got you covered. He lends to the Lord. And the Bible says, and, and he, God, will repay him for his good. And that's what I love about that verse. That's a good deed. Church, this morning we can say honestly and truly in our hearts, that we've left this building doing another good deed. As identified in the scriptures, as from God himself, you've done another good deed. God bless you and thank you for the goodness and the kindness that is in your heart.
this morning, if we can help anyway, in any way, if there's someone that would like to be uh, baptized today into Christ for the remission of sins, if there's some things in your heart you're struggling with, if there's something we can do for you this morning, come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.